We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast brought to you by SoRare. Are you looking for NFTs that are both fun and have actual utility? Try SoRare, the largest NFT-based fantasy game. You can collect, trade, and compete with officially licensed digital cards of soccer players from over 160 clubs on SoRare. That's S-O-R-A-R-E dot com. I am Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire, joined on this Friday, August 20th by Jordan Cooper and Ryan Belangi to talk about tomorrow's Premier League slate on DraftKings. Guys, it's been obviously a full week. How did week one go for you? Jordan Crush, let him start it out. <laughs> right. Well, Ryan, Ryan, it sucks for Ryan now that I play the 555 more often. Uh, came in second. Actually had the same lineup as uh, as Alex Spear, my turtle. The same exact one. I only play one lineup into it. So I didn't have three or six or whatever it is. Uh, but essentially it was my cash lineup with a 2v2. And I'm basically playing Vardy and Calvert-Lewin instead of uh, Werner and someone else. I forgot. I forgot who. Whatever. Uh, and uh, I, I didn't I didn't need the nut score. I came in ninth with that lineup in the large field GPP because you just chuck it in. Uh, but, yeah, but thank you. Thank you, Ismail Azar has won me the most amount of money. Because he also – I came in, what, second king of the pitch with – with him on on slate two years ago, so so Wat Watford Watford sons Tom Cleverly has been good to me. I mean, we talked about how Sar was going to be the highest scoring player on Watford, but like no sets, and it doesn't even matter. Jordan, would you have played the five fifty five if Ryan hadn't mentioned it on Friday? No, yeah, no, I was, I was playing. Oh, you were. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Thanks for trying to sneak some credit in there for me. Uh, <laughs> No, yeah, well, well done, Jordan. That was nice. Um, I, myself, I got crushed. Um, faded Marcus Alonso for the most part, and that was pretty much all you needed to get crushed. I think he ended up as the second highest scorer on the slate to to Sar. Um, and also the highest owned. Yeah, and he was. And that's he was what crushes you. I mean, that's what crushes yeah. you when the chalk. Right. He ended up high. being fifty percent owned. Um, I decided that I liked Lucas Dina a little bit more. And I thought that Alonzo and Aspilicueta were both uh, sub risks. And I ended up uh, going with Aspi on my main build and most of my GBP builds. That combined with um, being over the field on Timo Werner when basically every other forward got there. You thought it was going to be a low scoring slate. Um, everyone scored except Werner. So, yeah, I was pretty much dead in the water. I, I mean, as Pili Quetta was still pretty popular, um, like it wasn't, he was under 4,000, wasn't he? Yeah. And he did okay too. I mean, he scored double digit points, but it's just when Alonzo goes off at 50% on, there's not much yep. you can do. Yep. The, the main thing to point out about last week's slate is, uh, and you mentioned this on the take cast, Andrew, you were a recent guest on Davis's podcast. So, so download that, the take cast, uh, it's the main reason why I still do this podcast because, you know, I, I don't need to, I, I don't need to give you what essentially is going to be my cash line. Like, like we go over stuff of, and then I actually do it. Like, it's kind of, it's kind of weird 
like to actually say, here's the strategies that I'm thinking of. And then I actually do them. The problem comes in is that soccer has a lot of rotation. So we only get lineups an hour before lock. And when Ryan Bertrand, who is the lock of the slate at 4,300 is not in the lineup, that changes everything. That changes your entire roster construction. Your entire formations change. Oh, they're going to play. Oh, Pascal Gross is going to be playing more forward. Oh, oh, because Connolly's not in. And it's like, yeah, you still got March there. But now, yeah, Pascal Gross, as usual, always gets there. So so you'll play him. So you, you look at things like that. You have to be able to react at 9 a.m. Eastern and build your lineups then. Uh, even, I mean, before we had the split start times, you always needed to prepare. But like anything that we say now on Friday, things could vastly change by Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern. So like to me, that's the biggest edge, learning the concepts of, you know, good roster construction and then knowing what, then knowing what to look for, who, who's really a fullback and who's really a center back, right? Those types of things. And that's why you use the Roto-Wire formations page. Everything here at Roto-Wire is, is there for you. You have the cheat sheet has like all the predicted lineups, all the goal scoring odds, all the free kick takers, uh, has the, the, you have the formations, you have everything. So that's typically what I have open when, when it comes up. I mean, I can look at sofa score or who scored the stuff, but I mean, you get the feed in and I have the formations page up. And when it, uh, Oh, 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 this guy's here. And, and sometimes it's wrong, right? The initial one, it's like, okay, yeah. there's, there's no way the forward is playing a defensive midfielder. They obviously screwed that up for a second. Uh, but to me that, that is the value. That is the edge. And uh, just knowing the basic construction from here that we talk about the strategies, just always know what to do when you, you need to know how to adapt. It's not, it's yeah. not something, Oh, I listened to the podcast. I'm going to start building lineups Friday at two o'clock. Like, no, you, you, you can't do that. No, yeah, that's, that's a great point. And yeah, Andrew, I was going to bring that up as well. I'm glad you brought that up on the take cast. Uh, I think the money is made in soccer that, that hour before lock after lineups come out, I mean, I I failed in that aspect last week. Um, when Bertrand didn't start, I had Chilwell and James in all my lineups. You know, I, I was too confident about what the lineups were going to be. Um, by the time I, like, had, had the slate, like, at least what I thought was figured out or what I wanted to do, I didn't have much time left. I found myself rushing. Um, I ended up making some bad some bad decisions. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I, I deserve to lose, just a, a few things went against me, but I, I didn't, uh, didn't do well in that hour before lock. And yeah, it can cost you. Um, and I, and, and Ryan, by the way, I was rushed also, and I wasn't sure of myself. I just got lucky. Yeah. No. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's like, oh, I, I got, I got eight minutes and I got to decide between exit. Oh, okay. That, instead of trying to think of four different things, it's like, okay, I'm going with that one. And just however it lands, it lands and it landed in second place. So like, like that's why my 555 was more of a 2v2 off my cash lineup because it's I'm literally eight minutes before lock going. Right. I want to play one of Vardy or Calvert Lewin at least, if not both of them, not play Werner. How does this all fit together? And it's like, well, I guess I, I'm I guess I'm playing Sar in this lineup also because like I'm playing Ward Prowse. Should I fade Ward Prowse in the 555? I was contending on doing so, but I ran out of time and I'm like this lineup all fits. It, it all fits together perfectly. It has the two co correlation combinations. It has a, a, a Schmeichel instead of Mendy, so I get ownership of. So I'm like, eh, it, it, it's not. It's not the best line, most leveraged lineup compared to my cash lineup. But when you only when, when three minutes to go before lock, you gotta you gotta make a decision. Uh, and sometimes it just works out. Sometimes you rush and. What's funny is we um we used to do this podcast Thursdays and we decided to move it to Friday because like oh we'll have more news, and then the Bertrand thing was like that just came out Saturday we had no idea and it's it just emphasizes how much that last that hour before lock is. Um, so let's so jump who's, in. Who's who's sitting this? Who's sitting tomorrow that we're gonna think is in? I think it's the <laughs> other way around. Actually, well, well, it's funny that you say that because it's like you can there are certain situations where like a guy might be out and you're like, okay, if you want to like start working on your lineups on Friday, it's like, you can build lineups and it's like, all right, if this guy is going to be out, this is how I'll build my lineups. But like, 
sometimes you just get total curveballs and like all that prep on Friday really just doesn't help. I think you can just figure out kind of what what games you want to target and what strategies, but like ultimately, like we said, that hour before is more important than anything else. And so on this on this slate, would you consider that player to be Kevin De Bruyne? I yeah, absolutely. Um I don't this, think he starts. This I don't think so either. I like I think everyone will build as if he's not, and then if he does, that's the scramble. Because but now here, here's the question. Because I let's start with the main talking point of the slate before going through, you know, all the games and everything. If Kevin De Bruyne, obviously Man City, let's not bury the lead. Man City are like minus a million favorites. I mean, yeah. like this, like this, this may be the biggest favorite of any team on any slate this entire season. Yep. Right, because it's essentially Man City, the best team in the league at home against the worst team in the league. Uh, it's the highest total. I mean, I think the line right now is ugh, minus 912 or something, something like that. That's three, coming down. Three quarters total. I mean, uh, so this slate, four games, it's going to be it's going to it's going to be led by how much Man City do you play? And what do you do if? Uh, Kevin De Bruyne is in or out. I this may this may be a hot take. I first off, I think Kevin De Bruyne doesn't start. He didn't train on Thursday, and he only played eleven minutes last game. I I, I don't see him starting. And if he does start, is this is this a hot take? I don't think he goes past sixty. And at ten five, even if he does start, I may not even play. Yeah, is that, um, right. is, is it, would that be considered a hot take? No, like <clears throat> I, I pretty much agree with you. Uh, after I saw the news today, I don't think he's going to start either. So yeah, if, if he ended up, if he ended up starting, I think it would be one of those scramble situations to rethink things. But also maybe not because, like you said, I wouldn't expect him to play the full game and. I think you can fade him. Uh, that, that's an expensive price tag, and you'll be able to get goals from other places that make up for it, at least theoretically. So, yeah, I think a fade would be fine if he did start. So, Andrew, in, in cash games, how much Man City is too much Man City? I think four is too many. Four? Wow. Okay. Okay, now I want to hear this. You don't think that – you think we should have four? No, no, I, I think that I, I'm on the under on that. No, 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 that's what I'm saying. I think four is too many. I think three. I think it's either two or three. I no, I think it's one or two. Well, we both said two. Okay, so we, well, it's, <laughs> it's it's quite possible in my cash lineup I will only have one Man City player. It's but it's possible to have two. It's very unlikely that I'll have three. Yeah, I think three is unlikely. I think the only way you realistically realistically get to three is if you play Ederson also. Like I think okay. he's the yeah, yeah, okay. We have to throw out the goalkeeper. So, okay. so maybe it could well, be- but, but I'm saying I like when when they have eighty seven percent win odds and fifty five percent clean sheet odds, Ederson has to be in the conversation. Right, because he's underpriced technically. Right. It, right. He should be seven thousand based on the odds. If you're but, playing Man City players, they're gonna be in your forward spots. No. No? If no. De Bruyne doesn't start I think it's Mares and Graylish. Oh, so you're playing. Oh, so you're playing Graylish. Okay, yes. now we have a conversation. Going. Yeah. So, okay. so, but I think that's where it gets a little sloppy because I think the the thought is you can play those two guys, and if you if De Bruyne starts, and you're like, no, I'm going to fade him, but that pretty much leads you to fading Graylish also. Like, I don't think Graylish is a great play if De Bruyne is in also. So. It's like you don't want to play Graylish with De Bruyne, but I think if De Bruyne sits, then you play Graylish, and I think that's the way to go in cash. And but I get that people will play like Mares and Sterling or Mares and Jesus because you need you need to fill the forward spots. But Graylish has the highest floor on the team by far. Yeah, if De Bruyne doesn't start, I don't. I just don't think he's necessary on this slate. I I think I think he's the most suspect. Like you mentioned on the take cast, okay? Good concept, by the way. That fouls drawn don't lead to anything, okay? So from a floor perspective, yeah, sure. It just, it depends on how Man City lines lines up. Mm-hmm. 
like Grealish is like if they line up as like without a double pivot. Okay. So a double pivot would be the two defensive midfielders. Like if they line up with a double pivot, I agree. I like Grealish more, but if they line up with a single, with a single defensive midfielder, that means Grealish will be playing deeper. Right. So we'll have a Mares, Jesus, Sterling front line. Gundawan may be back. Hmm. I don't think he plays I, either. I don't I don't think so either, but I'm just saying like I'm not a big fan of playing $9,000 midfielders that aren't guaranteed set pieces that play that deep. Like it, to me like James Ward-Prowse fits that bill. Typically, he plays much deeper in the Southampton formation, but he also has a monopoly of set pieces. He does get forward, but not as forward as anyone else. So at 9200 for Grealish, like I'm just more likely to fill up my forward spots. With that's why I said it's quite possible I only have one. Like, and at the prices, you're able to fit other players in. It's weird for me to say. I think it's he has less upside, but a much higher. I think he has a much higher floor. I prefer uh, if you give me the choice between two of them for cash, I prefer Rafinha over Graylish. Is that is that that's it can't be completely so- nuts. No, I, I don't think it's nuts. I, I think the, the two things on Graylish that I was going to say about that is he he will not play any deeper than De Bruyne would. Like this idea that like, like a million set pieces. So what do I care? But but I think Graylish will take a good number of set pieces if if De Bruyne doesn't start. And the, on the fouls drawn thing, he's drawing the foul and then taking the set piece. Like no, that's Mahrez. okay. Mares will be. Well, it depends where it is. I think right. you play. That's why you play both. I, I think Rafinha is a great play. Also, crazy. I, I, I th- you're ma- you're making some sense. I just don't think it's optimal. Yeah, I just i I don't see where the jump is. Where you're like, I'm. I would play. Well, I guess you said like you would possibly fade De Bruyne in cash. But like, if De Bruyne was fit, you'd plug him right in, and we basically have Graylish playing De Bruyne's role, and you're like. Twelve hundred bucks cheaper. He's I don't not want him. playing De Bruyne's. No one plays De Bruyne's role. No one does. Um, Ryan, come on, save me. Do you do you believe in me? At yeah, least for, at um, least for GP. Ryan, in GPP, if Graylish was thirty-eight to forty percent owned, is that a good play in GPP? Come um, on. Well, so I'm on an island. Apparently, I'm the one that's on the island. <laughs> I'm sort of in between. So. I agree with you, you know, about Grealish and the fouls drawn thing, you know, where he, where he lines up could matter, but I think the matchup sort of pushes it over the edge. Like he, he's still going to get plenty of shots assisted, probably plenty of shots too, even if he plays there. Like, yeah, he's not going to line up deeper than KDB. And if they're just in Norwich's half the whole game, he'll end up getting forward and just, you know, being involved in the attack from different spots anyways. So I I think 9,200 is still probably a decent price. Like I think he has a little bit more upside than you might think. Uh, I think Rafinha is a great play too. So I could get behind just him being a better play than Grealish. He might be just for cash purposes. There's, there's definitely some risk with Grealish. Uh, He might not take any set pieces Again, that's not the end of the world, but it's not necessarily great for cash. Um, but if he's not going to take any set pieces, Ryan, like what I'm considering, it, it, it's a price thing. I look at Sterling at 7,600 and go, why? Tell me what's the difference necessarily. You know, if you take away any type of assembly, if you disregard kind of set pieces, like he fills a forward spot and he's $1,600 cheaper, like, why can't I play Sterling instead of Grealish and then be able to pay up at a defender spot or play pay up at a at goalkeep? Like to me, Ederson, I, I I've said this before for cash games, especially the blocking the goal with your goalkeeper. So if I'm playing one Man City outfield player, I'm much more likely to play Ederson because people that are playing two or three most likely are not going to be able to pay up. For Ederson. And if those three, if Man City wins three, nothing, Ederson's going to get like 10, 12 points anyway, which is a goal. So yeah. I block myself. Like if, if you have Grealish and Mares, 
and they both put up 18 points, like I mitigate one of those guys by having a 12-point keeper that you don't necessarily have, that's correlated to them winning by a ton. So, like, I, I'm more likely to do that. But I, I, I think in GPPs, I think Man City are going to be over-owned as a stack. I think I'm much more likely to mix and match. I think out of these players, it, assuming KDB doesn't start, Ryan, would you believe the ownership of the players from top to bottom, outside of obviously Ederson, would be Mares one, Grealish two, Sterling three, Jesus four? Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, that's what I would think. Um, so why can't I, I just do- play Jesus? Jesus, why can't I play Jesus and a fullback? And then go for, you know, Man City wins 2 nothing on two Jesus goals, you know, assisted by whoever. Whoever, no, yeah, you- Halo. Maybe I don't pay for Conchalo, but Zinchenko or, you know, something like that, because I don't think the defenders are going to be that. Yeah, Jordan, you you absolutely can. That's the the strategy just in general that I like to go with, too. When you say, like, the main reason for not playing Grealish would be price also, and that Sterling is $1,600 cheaper and Grealish is already, you know, going to be popular, I think that makes perfect sense. Like, a a lot of times – and I know some people don't like to think this way, but I'll just go into it as, you know, Sterling and Grealish, you know, Sterling, they're 50-50 as to who's going to outscore each other. Like, I, I don't necessarily uh, try to dig too far into it um, when the matchup's so good and there's going to be plenty of chances to score goals. Um I'll just go with the cheaper guy and then use that money, like you said, for a better defender, a better goalkeeper, uh, just a better team in general. So, yeah, when 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 the salary is involved, I just like going to those cheaper city guys because, you know, it's a toss up for which one of them scores the brace, who ends up the highest score. Um, I think you can get in trouble just if you have it set in your mind that Grealish is the smash out of that bunch when it's, 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 it's not that clear. So yeah, I, I agree. Andrew, are Jordan, we doing do you think- the dinky doing cash or we're paying up at forward in both spots? Yeah. I think people play Mares and Rafinha. No. Yeah. That's going to be the most popular combination. If yeah. you're going to pay, if you're going to pay up, most likely you're paying up twice at forward. You're paying up at least once at defense means uh, we're going to have to find some uh, – it's one of these slates similar to the last week where, to me, the midfield is the like the weakest position. And you're, you're going to love my, my, my punt play of the week. And it's not the, and it's not the person you think it is. Oh, okay. Okay, is I know a- who you're thinking because it fits me, but it's actually someone else and it also fits me. Okay, hit me with it. You okay? So let's not bury the. I can't think of like going through. What's what's the what's the punt play that you would you would think would be in my line for midfield? Yes. Um. Well, this one of two guys. I I would say maybe Andrew has a different guess, but this Min Price Gyro Reederwald uh, could be on set pieces. Probably will be on some set pieces for Crystal Palace. So I'd either say him or thirty four hundred. Calvin Phillips, if he's back for Leeds. Okay, now you, you got Rita Wild is the. I think I have the other one. You, you, I think right. You may have found the other one. Calvin Phillips is probably not going to play at thirty four hundred, but viable punt play doesn't have much upside. I get you couldn't do work. You can't do worse. He's minimum price. Rita Wild. We have a sample size of one. Uh, he could end up not taking set pieces, but he is the deepest guy. Like, this guy is not an offensive player whatsoever. His value will only come on, like, tackles one, passes interception, intercepted, and then whatever corner kicks. Because he probably, he's not even taking direct free kicks, right? So, like, how many, in this, in this Palace-Brentford game, which is the lowest total game, how much production can we reasonably get out of Rita Wild? I hope he's popular in GPPs. But uh, it's not it's not the the guy that I'm thinking out is not completely a punt play, but he's he's in the 4K range. Uh, was he mentioned on the Tatecast? What 
Was he mentioned on the take cast? I'm not sure if he was mentioned on the take cast. I don't remember. Oh, what do you think is that it guy? John Joe Shelby? No. No, I don't think oh. John Joe's not going to play. John Joe's out. Oh, he might. No. You're getting close. You're you're thinking of the two things that I tend to play too much of, which is like the English uh, defensive midfielder with set pieces. Like this guy like fits like two of those, but not the other one, mostly. I'm not sure who it is then. Aston Villa. Is it Ashley Young? $4,300 Ashley Young. Okay. I was looking a bit Ozzie in the chat nailed that one. (laughs) Doesn't that fit? He's not a set piece taker or anything, but he's been playing as an attacking winger. You're telling Um, me, Ashley. Okay, look, look. don't, Don't put your hand on your face. Let's take a look at this Aston Villa. Aston Villa has the second highest total on the slate. Let's take a look at their formation. They have El Ghazi is 8,300. Buendia is like, what what is he? He's up there, right? Buendia is expensive. And then you have a guy on the wing that's, what, doing practically the same thing that Leon Bailey is going to do other than he's like 15 years older than him. uh, And he's 4,300. So tell tell me why that's a bad play. The, the reason I'm like slapping my face at this is because I, you're right. Oh, yes. Like I, I actually, <laughs> I can, I, I there's no way I, I mean, there's a, I, I don't think I'm going to play him, but like everything that you said makes sense to why you would place that. Like what's the difference between him and like Damari Gray for Everton? Like we have, we have, we, I mean, to me in the, in cash games, I've been learning more to, instead of playing the defensive midfielder with sets and playing, instead of playing Ashley Westwood, the John Joe Shelby's, the Rita Wilds, like find someone that is in a, a favorable matchup and a high scoring matchup that is playing forward. That is, that is like 5k ish, 5k or under McGinn last week fit that bill. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's now they bumped his price up. But I had McGinn in two or three lineups yesterday and last week. Similar type of thing. Now McGinn plays a little bit deeper, but you know he also has a role, some of a role on set pieces. Like I'm much more likely to look at at those subsidiary pieces, even though you have to weigh in the fact that some of these guys may not play 90, but if they play 75, like they they may still have four to six point floors and upside for 20, rather than play Rita Wild who. Like, I hope Palace has 70% possession and, and 14 corners because I just don't know how else he's going to get there. Yeah. Um, I, again, I, yeah, I agree basically with all that. It, so, so Ashley Young last week, um, he was, he was decently popular. I was worried that with um, all of Villa's new players and especially with their attacking players that, that he would get subbed and, I didn't. I didn't end up playing him too much. But if you told me for forty three hundred that he was gonna play in that position and play ninety minutes, yeah, I'd. I think he'd be one of the best punt plays on the slate. Uh, I totally agree with you in that. Um, I. I always hope people play the, the Rita Wald types, the Calvin Phillips types. A lot of times they're, they're GPP traps that are g- gonna torpedo your lineup if if you don't. If 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 you use them, you need all of the expensive players to have big games uh, to to make up for what you're going to lose having, you know, four or five maybe five points if you're lucky in that spot. No, you, um, you get lucky if if it leads to an assist. That's that's the luck part. Of it. Yeah, just the, the one thing. Like I, I, so I, I was thinking about Rita Wald too, and about his upside. And like for the most part, I've been in the same boat with you the whole time. Um, but there was a couple Palace showdowns towards the end of last season, um, and in two of them, two consecutive, Rita Wald found himself clear through on goal for a breakaway. Missed both of them, but I mean, I was, I, w- I thought I was dead. I mean, I, I got lucky to miss those, and he did. He did have two goals last year, so I will say it's possible. I- I've seen him have chances to score. Um, but you're right. In general, yeah, I think those are the bad plays that that usually cost that usually cost you in tournaments. Um, I much prefer playing a guy yeah, we, in a better we have position. To think that his... Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. 
we have to think that his like realistic upside is like 10 points, right? Right. I mean, that, that'd be, that'd be like a big ceiling game, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I understand that 3000 is cheap, but like a ceiling game of 10 feels not optimal. Right. Like for it to work, you need your expensive players to basically all score yep. over 20. Like the right. Mares, Rafinha, Grealish, they have to end up considerably better plays than the than the forwards and midfielders in the 7K and 6K range uh, for that to work. Yeah, yeah. Do you think everyone plays Lucas Dina in cash? Is he I, the pay up defender? Because we have a bunch that we could play. Do you? Okay, I I don't necessarily think there's pay down defenders. I think I'm more likely to pay up twice at defense than punt at defense. I think the yep. real question comes in at uh, defender is, is it worth playing Kenosh at 7,000? Because I'm not sure if it is. I, I don't, I'd almost rather play Matt Ritchie at 6,300. Ooh, look at you dropping Matt Ritchie. He's defender eligible now, and he's playing as a yeah. wing back. So, and he has... And he's finally not 8,000. And if John Joe's not in, like, he's going to take everything. Yeah. Um, for me, I agree. I think, like, there, there's not much in the cheap defender range. It makes me want to pay up in two spots, especially when you have good options. Yeah, the three that you men- mentioned, Sergi Canos, Matt Ritchie, Lucas Dina, it's tough. Like I, I was excited to hear your guys' thoughts for cash, but like I'm sort of um, going away from Dean and, and towards the other two. Uh, I like that the other two play higher up the pitch, Kanos and Richie. Uh, I love that Richie, you know, runs over to the right side and takes corners from there too. I mean, he, he was taking everything, and if Shel- Shelby uh, is out, even if he's not, like. I'd assume Richie has more set pieces. Um, I know it's just one game, but when I rostered Dina over Alonzo last week, uh, I believe Dina had one point, maybe less than that at half against a Southampton team. They were supposed to dominate. He was like barely involved from an open play perspective until um, they started chasing the game. And, and, you know, it opened up in the second half and they had some more set pieces. Um, I think I don't have like, as good of a grip on Everton uh, under Rafa Benitez now. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I feel safer. I, not only do I feel safer with Richie, but I don't mind his upside. He gets in the box too. Um, and Kanos as well. It's a good matchup. He takes some corners, scored a nice goal against Arsenal. For tournaments, when I'm looking at the, for upside, I feel like those guys have a little more. Of course, Dina still has upside because he's on sets and he'll take some shots from set pieces. Um, He looks for Calvert-Lewin with crosses. That's a tough one. Uh, I'm interested to hear your guys' opinion. I think it's just simply that, like, Dina's upside is assist-related and the other two can score a goal. I agree. Do you think any of – I like – I still think Dina is more popular in cash than the other two. Just because people. You guys would know better than me. No, no. Well, I, like, think, I think Dina is going to be the, mo- the most owned defender on the slate and one of the highest owned players yeah. overall on the slate. But I think Ryan basically laid out why he's a perfectly acceptable GPP fade. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, if I'm more lo- inclined in my lineups, if I play Dean. I'm going to play Calvert Lewin. I'm going to play Richarl. I'm going to play something, something that that if he has upside, that I get his correlated piece that is much lower owned than him. I'm not saying Calvert Lewin or Richarlison are going to be low owned, but they're not going to be 50. percent Like I, I don't want a Lucas Dean 24 point two assist game, and then not have the Everton pieces that and not have the goal that yeah. that like when Lucas Dean only scores 10 points, you don't need him. Now last last week. He was still in winning lineups with nine point whatever points, but you could have played Matt Cash instead. You could have played a lot of other defenders. He just happened to be the, one of the, the most popular defenders, so ten was fine. But on you, there are other defenders that you could play that 
will score more than that. I think that I think the Man City defenders are lower owned than them, although they'll still be popular because people in GPPs are going to be like, I'm going to try to jam in five or six City players and try to win with the stat like the full on stack. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to play Ryan. What are your thoughts? I'm. I don't think I'm going to play any Man City stacks at all. I think the most amount of Man City I'll have in my lineup is three. And most likely it'll be one of those. It will be the the goalkeeper. Like most yeah, likely um, I'm not going to have three. Like it'll be a defender and a play. Like it, it, I'm not going to play for a five, nothing Man City win. I'm going to play for a one, nothing, two, nothing Man City win. And then hope uh, another game is the game that kind of goes off. Yeah. Um, so I think I'll probably have quite a few more lineups than you in that main GPP, just a guess, but I, you don't play that many in there. Yeah, I'll play like right? 12 lineups or something like that. Okay. Like that many. So, so yeah, I, I won't have, you know, I'll have a few because I mean, I'll, I'll probably have 30 or maybe 40 lineups. It depends. So, so I'll probably have a few like just in case, um, and it, depending on what the lineup is too, um, you might be able to make them like I, I like some of the cheaper plays from some of the other teams, some of the cheaper attackers that I think could score a goal. So it might be easier to make Man City stacks than than we think or than than people realize. Um, as far as like adding a defender in there too, um, again, it depends on the lineup. There's some def- some city defenders that I like better than others that or that I would like better than others in stacks like. Like I wanted to, we were on defender, so I just quickly bring up Zinchenko if he were to start. But um, he took he took a set piece and and lined up for another set piece, both both with uh, De Bruyne on the pitch. So like when they want a left footed option, that's from that side. We could see him taking some corners or or, or some of the crosses from that side, um, and he has open play value too. Definitely like big assist equity for him or Cancelo or whoever starts. So. Um, I think stacks still make sense. City stacks, if if you're you know if you're feeling a city route, like you said, and like I think there's other places or cheaper places we can go that make it okay. Like like last week, I remember people didn't want to play Watford. They were besides Sar, people didn't want to play Watford. I mean, Dennis was less than two percent owned, and he's actually like a talented striker, not just you know a guy that stands there and get gets no points. And then, you know, people didn't want to play Brighton for, because of the low total, but basically all of their guys got there. Um, so I think I'll, I'll go to some of those cheaper guys and make some, some city stacks with a few lineups, but I think um, like the, the correct uh, tournament strategy from like a game theory perspective, if I was playing a few lineups, yeah, I think you can fade city. And like you said, if they score one or two goals, the leverage you get because they're going to be so high owned. Uh, yeah, that's an easier way to win a tournament. Uh, it, it'll happen less often probably, but you'll have an easier path doing it that way. Right. I think I think people listening or watching don't know what player has the highest anytime goal scoring odds on this slate. And it's not a Man City player. Well, maybe I don't either then. Before, I looked a couple of days. Bef- I looked before at the- we get to that. Before we get to that, quick message from SoRare. Uh, do you love sports collectibles or fantasy sports? Because SoRare is blending them together to create an entirely new gaming experience. SoRare cards are officially licensed NFTs from over 160 clubs, including Real Madrid, Paris Saint-Germain, and Liverpool, and built on Ethereum. You truly own your collectibles and can use them to win rewards such as new cards or additional ETH. Join SoRare and connect with your favorite teams, live the game with passion, and earn weekly prizes. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The answer to that trivia question is Aston Villa's Danny Ings. I was going to say, Jordan, do you think you're going to Aston Villa if everybody's going to Manchester City? Uh, I'm going to, okay. In in GPPs, uh, yeah. If I play Rafinha, I'm going to be pairing him with Bamford. Bamford is it's super uh, cheap. It's super cheap, but he, I think he's going to end up in GPP. He's going to be popular. Agreed. I think I think I think Bamford is going to be much more popular than you think, right? Because mm-hmm. people are going to play play Man City, but still, like at 5900 for a, a, a center forward like that for Leeds, like he's. That's a dumb price. 28, 30%. I mean, I see him 25 to 30% owned. Yeah, I agreed. think Ings comes in in that range also because he has the highest anytime goal scoring odds. Ings, 25, 30, which is still going to be lower than the Man City guys, admittedly. So mm-hmm. there, there's value in that. But I, if I'm going to play those guys, I'm going to find the other guy with, like, I'm going to, if I'm playing Bamford, I'm playing Rafinha, Bamford, Ailing. I'm playing, I'm more likely to play a Leeds three or four man stack. If I'm playing Ings, I'm more likely to play Ings with Ashley Young, with Matt Cash, with Buendia, with like some type of combination like that. But this it's going to be really, really weird for me to say. I think the best GPP uh, forward on the slate is Callum Wilson at 7,900. Pairing him up with Matt Ritchie, uh, he's in this range that he's overpriced. Now his goal scoring odds are not are not bad, right? He's towards the top, right? But plus one seventy five. But I think Callum Wilson comes in at sub ten percent owned. I yeah. think people are you're gonna look you're gonna look at this and go, why aren't I playing Richarlison? Why aren't I playing Sterling, Jesus, Rafinha, Mares? Uh, Townsend had a good game. People game log watch that. You know, like there's just so many other guys in this range that Aston Villa's defense is not good. Like I I. This Aston Villa-Newcastle game, and the Leeds-Everton game also, but I think more so the Aston Villa-Newcastle game could end up being a, like a crap fest. Like, I I, that, I could see that game being four to three, like the way that these that both teams do not have good defenses. Aston Villa has good attacking players. Newcastle, not so much, but Aston Villa's defense is, 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 is nothing. I mean, look. Look at what they gave up to Watford last week. So being that he doesn't look like good line value to his anytime goal scoring odds and the fact that I could pair him with a set piece taking defender that is the most likely to be the guy that gives him the assist that I could get a high, a decently high on Richie with a sub 10% on Wilson. And if I get, if I can get a brace out of that and Man City goes to nothing, I think I have enough leverage that I, I could pre- pretty much jam in chalk the rest of my lineup. And I think I could win. Yeah. Um, was he on yeah. was Callum Wilson on your radar at all? Yeah, no. Yeah, Jordan. I, I actually I thought that I thought for sure I would be the only one to mention Callum Wilson on this podcast. We agree too much on this podcast. This this one for sure. Yeah. Like this. He stuck out to me, too, in in that no one's going to play him. Like you said, at least like in this below him and above him, the the players are going to be way more popular. Yeah, I would say there's no way uh, Wilson reaches 10%. Um, he's like the best leverage forward, I agree, because he's, you know, too expensive or whatever you want to say. And 
it looks like there's better options elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't really add much to what you said. Like, he's a great tournament play for all those reasons. I guess there's just one more thing from that game since we're on it and since you were talking about Ashley Young, and maybe he'd end up with some decent ownership as well. But there's a guy in that game then for the same price that won't be owned that may have more goal scoring upside. And he'd make more sense to pair with Callum Wilson because he's on the same team. And that's our guy, Miguel Almiron. So if you're on that game and you're already playing um, Ashley Young, might want to make the same lineups and have them with Almiron as well. This is not where I, I thought this podcast was going. No, I got three more. I got three more guys in the cheaper range. So that that's at the high end, right? I'm not going to say that. Like you could play Richarlison, that's fine. You could play Calvert Lewin up there. You could play. I mean Ings. I mean, it just depends on how you build your lineups. But in the Patrick Bamford range, I think there are. I'm going to say there's three and a half. No, I'm going to say there's there's four and a half people. Okay, there's four and a half people to play. Uh, if you're not playing Bamford or you want to play someone with Bamford that's not Rafinha, the lower owned out of that front line is going to be Rodrigo. Rodrigo, yeah. 400 if he starts, right? So that's a cheap way to go. You either go Rodrigo Bamford or you go Rodrigo Rafinha uh, and hope that Bamford, you know, duds and Rafinha and Rodrigo are the ones that set up for the goal. Then we get into the lowest total game on the slate. Uh, I think people are not going to be realize how, by the way that they play, by the way that this guy plays, that this is going to be a pop. This he should be higher priced. If if this was a better, if he played for a better team or a better matchup, but in Bueno, right? I don't know how you print it. In Bueno, in Buemo, whatever. Like from a peripheral perspective of how he plays, he probably should be seven thousand. But he also plays, he's playing away with Brentford. I mean, like, it's, you're, you're, you're playing not the best team on the slate, but it's, this is more of a pick a matchup than anything else. That I don't think it's not like, even if you, if you won the punt at forward, I think playing him, even punting at forward is okay. But the guy that I like in this general range more than anyone else is Wilfred Zaha. Because, like just like with Callum Wilson, who's targeting the lowest total game, and the hat and the half a person that I was mentioning before is Christian Benteke, because I could only consider him half a play because he literally he does nothing. Such like, if disrespect. He does not score. He does not. Zaha Zaha's ceiling in an active game could be twenty five points, right? Because he's much he, he he's on the ball. He's he's the Crystal Palace Jack Grealish. So, do you now, Ryan? Do you think? And I, 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 in that game, you could also Ivan Tony because he's the center forward for Brentford. So I could see pairing two guys together. But do you think, in comparison to the Leeds guys, and because we have Calvert Lewin at sixty nine hundred, he scored a goal last week, so he's going to be fairly popular. Don't you think these Crystal Palace Brentford forwards are? I don't know about stacking that type of game. But I don't I don't see any of these guys being being like more than 10 percent owned. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you left me one guy. One oh, guy. I did. I left you one. OK, thank you. I, I, you left me you left you left me forty six hundred dollar Jordan Ayu, who also is in consideration for, for all those reasons. Uh, yeah, I, I love that game. Yeah. Lowest total on the slate. Uh, not going to be popular. I love Zaha. Um, any chance I get to play Zaha? Um, I'll, I'll take it in a good spot where he's not going to be as popular as he should be. The price tag is good. Look, if this was an FA Cup game last year and it was Crystal Palace Brentford, we saw Jordan Ayew's price like creeping up to 9K at, at one time. Zaha too, especially in those matchups. The, the prices are down because it's the lowest total on the slate. So it's like it's slate dependent how, how they came up with these prices. And then like on the, on the Brentford side, yeah, Mbuemo especially, he should be 7K here for sure. Um, he gets peripherals. He has goal scoring upside. Like he's everything you want. Um, I, don't, I don't mind that this game's the lowest total. 
again, I think it happens plenty of times with where there ends up being the same amount or more goals in this game than in Leeds, Everton, or Aston Villa, Newcastle. Uh, it happens all the time. And not only are the pieces cheaper, but they're probably going to be less popular. Yeah. Um, love the game. All those players are in play. Uh, whoever you want. I don't know. You, yeah. I, I think they're all good tournament plays. Are you, are you guys more likely to play guys in the same game or do you split it up? Like do you stack the Villa Newcastle game or Everton Leeds or Crystal Palace Brentford? Do you just try to pick one side and then another side of another game? Hmm, that's a good question. What do you it think, does, Jordan? To me, it depends on my def- it depends on the defenders. I'm much less likely to stack two sides of a game with a defender because that ruins clean sheet upside and also eliminates a goalkeeper that I could play from that game. So, for instance, if I'm going to pair Richie and uh, Callum Wilson, I'm much more likely to play like Woodman in that lineup and play no one from Aston Villa. But like Aston Villa. Like if I don't play cash or target, like I could play Ashley Young, I could play I could play Ashley Young, Danny Ings, and Callum Wilson and Miguel Almiron, like a non four guys that none of them are defenders. And then a lot of times in those lineups, I'm playing a defensive stack. So for instance, in that type of lineup, I'm more likely to play uh, a Lucas Dean, uh, Keane, center back, Pickford type of thing as the other piece of my lineup there or try to pair. Cause now I'll have a utility spot open. Now I'll try to pair a defender. I'll play a Zinchenko plus Jesus or something like that. And then and the, the last defender will just be whoever, right? I'm trying, I'm essentially in one, in one lineup, I'm trying to get two to three correlations in one lineup if possible. Now, obviously if you stack and like, I'm just going to take six guys from Man City then that's your one super correlation. But for yeah. the most part, like if I play, uh, I'm taking a look at uh, like Kanosh. That's how you pronounce it. Like he's a defender uh, eligible. I'm much more likely to play Tony in that lineup and play Raya at goalkeeper and then not play anyone from Crystal Palace. But if I'm going to play Crystal, let's say I play Zaha. If I play Zaha, uh, I'm more likely to play a cheap Mitchell or Ward with Guaita as and use one of them, those defenders as a punt play, and then use the other defender spot to play Dina plus Calvert Lewin or play uh, uh, Luke Ayling plus Patrick Bamford. Like I'm trying to get like the goal assist and I tend to go more because I think it's done less. And I think there's more ceiling to the fullback to forward a goal assist combo than having you know, the forward to forward goal assist combo and then have yeah. defenders that are just kind of whatever. Cause defend defender is the hardest spot to get a ceiling in. So getting an assist out of a defensive spot is much more valuable to you than getting an assist out of a midfield or forward, because there's more goals and assists at midfield and forward. Yep. So that Pereira goal, that Pereira assist that I got from Vardy, like that's the reason I played Pereira is because I'm looking for that. And when that happens and I get a defender at that, 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 I mean, I think Ryan has, has talked about this before. And I used to not be on that. I used to have the cash mentality of unless you pay up at defender, most of the, the fullbacks are about worth the same, but that's not true for, from a median standpoint. It is, but not from a ceiling standpoint, it's very unlikely that, uh, that, um, uh, I mean, I mean, looking on the slate that, uh, uh, like Tariq Mitchell or Joel Ward puts up a 15 point game. Like I'm much more likely to get that out of a 5k, 6k defender. And essentially it's opportunity cost. So unless I can make that up elsewhere by getting a forward that gets two or three goals, a lot of times those cheap fullbacks for GPPs are not worth it, but they could be worth it when they do get an assist. And if the pack is, if you're putting in when they do get an assist, well, why aren't you playing another teammate that would be the one that gets the assist off of that so you could benefit from that situation? Yeah, um, I agree with, yeah, everything you said, basically. I, I got to come up with more things so you don't agree with me on everything. Yeah, I, I just I'll try to say a, a few different things. It just about your initial question, Andrew, targeting the same game, um, 
it's interesting and it's something that I'm trying to consider more at least. It, it hadn't been part of my strategy for a while, but I think that was a mistake. And I, I do think it makes sense even in soccer sometimes because on four game slates or sure, just a four game slate like this one, um, there are plenty of times when you get one game that just ends up up and down the field both ways. Yeah. It gets an early goal and it just ends up 3-2, three, 3-3, three, three, chances at both ends. And, you know, this is the Premier League, so there's plenty of times when you get other games that are that are duds for long periods it, it, into the second half until the subs come in. So I, I think it can be really beneficial um, focusing on players from one game. Um, yeah, I, I think that's but, a valid but, but That point. doesn't mean that we're playing Norwich in our main city line. No, definitely not. But I think it, you know, it just, it means you could just, yeah, just no, it doesn't mean I'm not playing Norwich in my man city lineup, but uh, I, I think you could do it with the other games. Um, just to, to piggyback off the, the defender thing. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like if I'm playing uh, Dina in tournaments, I'm going to want to pair him with like uh, preferably Calvert Lewin, but Richarlison would be fine too. I mean, you're, you're playing him for that assist for that ceiling game and you, you want the goal that comes with it. So the, it seems like the two of you should combine for roughly 50 to 60 lineups. How many Norwich players are you playing? <laughs> like, is it zero? It could be one, but it, the one would be the goalkeeper. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just don't see a reason I, to do no, it. No, that's a good. That's a good question. I just, I just like re- really wanted to think about it. Like, I'm definitely going to have at least at least thirty lineups, and yeah, it's probably going to be zero. Except, like Jordan said, the goalkeeper's fine. Like, I, I might have multiple uh, Tim Cruel lineups, but I, and the I don't. Cruel lineups would be the lineups where you're completely fading Man City. Yeah, yeah, um, but I don't think like you need to run it back with a Norwich player. Of course, like you could, right? But yeah, no, you don't have to. I'm, I'm, I'm content going zero there. Yeah, it just seems like they're going to be enough goals elsewhere that even if Norwich score, even if Pookie has two, I think you you can make up for it somewhere else. I think the goal. I, about I think, two, Norwich, but... I think the, if Norwich scores one, it's gonna it's gonna matter less who scores and more that Ederson lineups become dead. Yeah. Like it's going to be one of it's the you getting that Norwich goal isn't going to mean much because that guy only has 12 and you could find other players with 12 already in the lineup. It's just going to mean that Ederson, instead of getting 10 points, is going to get three points. Right. Because Bansage is going to win while conceding and Ederson's not going to get any other save. So that's three points. And you're like, I paid up for three points. Well, that's that's the, the perils of paying up a goalkeeper sometimes. Right. Is there a clear other expensive goalkeeper to play? Like last I week mean, we had Schmeichel that you could play instead of Mendy, but the odds are just so different this week that I'm not sure you're getting anything by going to Emmy Martinez instead of Ederson. That, that means they're going to be lower owned. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think, um, in, ca- I think in cash games, you're going to see either – I think there will be three, three keepers in cash games that you're going to see. Ederson, if you pay up. Cruel if you pay all the way down and Guaita right in the middle. Or Raya or one, but basically uh, uh, either of the goalkeepers in, in the Crystal Palace uh, Brentford game. I think that's going to be. Yeah, okay. I think so too. And then even th- that sort of carries over for tournaments a little bit. Like, yeah, Emmy Martinez makes a lot of sense for tournaments. You know, similar to how we mentioned Schmeichel on last week's slate. This one's even this difference is even more pronounced, you know, 5,900 for Ederson, 55 for Emmy Martinez. And the, the difference in clean sheet odds is just even win odds. Everything is just crazy. Uh, the difference in ownership will be significant too. So yeah, Emmy Martinez makes plenty of sense for tournaments. Um, if you're like, that's even a spot where you can, you can like, what do you, th- what, I guess I'll get your opinion on this, Jordan, but I was going to say it's even a spot where you can just one-off Martinez. Uh, you don't even ha- have to necessarily have a, a Villa defender. I don't know. How, how do you feel about that? You might feel differently. 
No, I mean, it could be a one-off, but I'm more likely, I'm more likely to have Martinez paired with a, with a Villa defender fullback with like Ings with a Villa full. I, I tend to build my lineups more like that. It depends on what fits in the lineup. Sometimes I'm pairing defender forward, defender forward. And then like, then I have. Yeah. Goalkeeper. Okay. Like, I think the most likely goalkeepers that I will have without a defender are Ederson and Cruel. Yeah. I think it's like where you wouldn't need like, like Cruel would be in the non-Man City lineups. Uh, Man City and Norwich go nothing, nothing. Cruel ends up with 16 points, right? You know, because clean sheet and six saves or something. And then Ederson, right. where you may not even want to pay up yeah. for any of the Man City defenders anyway. Uh, but anything in the middle, I'm much more like Richie and Woodman go together. Dean right. and Pickford go together. Kanosh and, and Raya go together. Uh, Guaita has some, you know, Mitchell and I mean, that and Ward aren't great fullbacks, but I mean, at least they're cheap. Yeah, um, all that I meant was, like, if I play Emmy Martinez, I'm not necessarily going to sacrifice Matt Ritchie for for Matt Target. Um, just, just no, no, I, I never think in those terms. I think of the opposite terms. It's more goalkeeper's the last thing that goes in, not the first. Like, it's like, oh, well, I'm playing this, so I might as well play this keeper. Right. And right. it changes a, around, like, a midfield punt play that, like, well, instead of playing this $4,900 guy, I'm playing this $4,500. Like, it's not going to affect the lineup all that much. Right. Goalkeeper, you should never prioritize. Even though it is the most important position. Right. As Andrew would say. <laughs> it's the thing that matters the most that you don't care about. But there's some Ederson prioritization on this slate. Yeah. No? I think, I mean, I think there can be. Like, what do you mean specifically? For I cash think, games? Think, in cash games, I agree with you, but not in GPPs comparing the ownership like, yes, That's Ederson fair. is underpriced, but he's also going to be like the most owned goalkeeper. Yeah. So like the, the difference between Ederson an underpriced Ederson to Emmy Martinez, it may be five to one in GPPs. So that leverage between the two makes up for the fact that he's $1,100 underpriced for his clean sheet odds. So like, like it's a fish. It, he'll be, he'll probably be in GPPs efficiently. He'll be the most owned keeper by far, but still efficiently owned. So yeah. it's not so to me in GPP that's just like negative that's uh that's like neutral EV so like if he's in there he's in there but I get more when Ederson concedes and Emmy Martinez has a clean sheet that like what's my priority well if I'm playing a lineup that has Callum Wilson and 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 Christian Benteke in the line like maybe I'm playing Ederson in that lineup right because what, what how much more leverage do I need I'm I'm, I'm I'm playing a, a, a one-man city player. I'm playing the lowest. I'm playing Jesus. I'm playing a Jesus, Zaha, Callum Wilson lineup. Like, I should be playing Ederson in that lineup. Like, how much right. how much more different do I need to be? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Did we forget anyone? Um, I don't think we necessarily forgot anyone, but one, one thing worth mentioning Um. We've talked about Leeds and a lot about Rafinha and a lot about Bamford and Jordan mentioned that uh, Rodrigo would be a nice play as well. The other person in that front four is not going to be owned either. Uh, that's Jack Harrison for 7K. And so that makes sense from a leverage perspective as well, I, I, I would think. Uh, if you're on Leeds, uh, you might not want to forget about him for tournaments because I think most other people will. Okay, you got to end the show on the NYCFC uh, alumni. That's right. That's right. All right. If anybody has any follow-up for Jordan or Ryan, you can find them on Twitter at Blenderhead. It's BlenderHD and at Ryan Belongi. You can find me at Rotowire Andrew. Uh, also available in the Rotowire Discord. Open for all subscribers. Just go to rotowire.com slash chat to get in there. If you are not a Rotowire subscriber and would like to try the site out for free for 10 days, just go to rotowire.com slash soccer trial. Gets you access to the entire site for uh, no credit card required. So definitely take advantage of that. Also gets you access to all the cheat sheets that we have, which are available for every slate on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. Thank you to SoRare for sponsoring the podcast. Ryan and Jordan, thank you for all of that. And good luck on Saturday. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.